Okay. You don't want to go over it? It's always he said the he doesn't want to. No, I know, I know. I think it's a chutzpah. We, well, we always go over a little bit, right? I'm not just kidding. So Maxime is going to go over. Maxime will just quickly go over what we learned yesterday, and then, then we'll be able to go right there. Okay. So we learned Zeishchukas Atara. And what was unique about Zeishchukas Atara? Again, I mean, the introduction is also important. This mimer, as you can see, was said in Tavshin Chavtes on Shabbos. The Rebbe said another mimer the next day on Yud Gimel Tammuz. And that's called Tefillah And In the middle of this mimer, the Rebbe discusses the Indian of Tefillah at length. It has double entendre, uh, the, the, the Indian of Tefillah Meshe, because Tavshin Chavtes was the year that the Friedrich Rebbe was saying that capital. I mean, that was the Friedrich Rebbe's capital that year. Friedrich Rebbe wasn't saying it, but that was the Friedrich Rebbe's capital that year. I mean, he was saying it in Ghanaian, right? So the Rebbe was saying that capital for the Friedrich Rebbe that year, Tavshin Chavtes. Uh, this mimer was muga, it was uh, edited in Tavshin Nunalaf, and the Rebbe was saying Tavshin Tzadi, Kapitel Tzadi, Kapitel Tfilu Lameshe. So the Rebbe um, was Magia um, first, the second mimer Tfilu Lameshe, and that, they're both in Melukat Hay. That mimer you can find, it's the Yud Aleph Nisan mimer. And, uh, in 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 Krach uh, Hay in the in the eight in the fifth eighth in the fifth book of uh, Milukotim uh, and this mimer which was said on Shabbos before Tefillah Lamaisha so this mimer the Rebbe was Magia for Yud Beis Tammuz Tavshin Nun Aleph and that's why it says in the front of your book Kuntus Chagaguli Yud Beis Yud Beis Yud Gimel Tammuz Tavshin Nun Aleph that's what it says it gives you that page so you'd have the title page so you know what it is you're looking at. This is the moment that was given to us to learn that Yud Beis Tammuz, right? Paraduma, um, and the question, of course, arises: Why is it called Chukas Why is it not called Chukas Hapara? Because it's the klal of the whole Torah, Paraduma. And interesting enough, it's also called Vikwe Lecha Paraduma. They should bring to you the Paraduma. And Rashi says it's Nikra Al Shem Liorilam Nikra Al Shem Mesha. And the Rebbe asked the question, why is the Paraduma called Al Shem Mesha? Mesha was involved only in bringing the first one. He didn't even do that. Aaron did it. He just commanded to do it. And, and the other, the next eight were done by other people. And the tenth, of course, is done by Melech HaMashiach. Now, the Rebbe notes in footnote six, Melech HaMashiach also doesn't do it, because Melech HaMashiach isn't a Kayin. So it must be that the Indian of the Tzivui, the, very, the command, the hurrah, the instruction to do it, that is enough to make it Shaykh to a particular person, and therefore they're all Shaykh to Mesha. But why is it Shaykh? What's the Indian of the Shaykhs of Paraduma to Mesha? And we said Paraduma is Klolus Kol HaMitzvahs. It's the klal of all the mitzvahs, and who remembers why it's the klal of what? What? What is? What are mitzvahs about? And what does Paraduma have that is a klal? It's a Look at this. You see this? You see this? Why am I even doing this? Why am I even doing this? He can teach the class. With Sayyid beautiful. What? You listen to yesterday's class? Wow, look at these guys. Unbelievable. Okay, so how is there? So how are mitzvahs with Sayyid Give me an example of a mitzvah that's ritzay. Uh, Kriyashma. Kriyashma is this. Tefillin is shaved after. Tefillin is gashmi. 
Right? So that's why Chazal say, we learned this yesterday, right? I mean, the Rebbe doesn't say it here, but Chazal say, What's the korban? The korban is the ritzay, going up. And the nesachim is bringing it back down. So mitzvahs are generally either ritzay or shayv. Tefillin is shayv. Kriyashma is ritzay. Paradum is both. Burn the para, take the ashes, put it into the water, bring it back down. Ritzay v'shev, klol is kol mitzvahs. Then we got into why it is that Meshur Rabbeinu commanded Kriyashma, commanded, that's the Lushan of the Altar Rebbe, the Mishnah Torah, why it is Dafka Meshur Rabbeinu taught us Kriyashma in Mishnah Torah. Now, of course, we, again, we talked about this yesterday, and it's important to remember that we obviously knew about Kriyashma before then, and the Raya is Kairach, right? What's Kriyashma? The first two parshas of Kriyashma make up a mezuzah, Kairach, in the second year in the desert, asked Meshur Rabbeinu, what about a, whole, what about a house Malay Svarim? Is it Chayiv a mezuzah? So how did he know about a mezuzah if Kriyashma only happened in the 40th year? So it didn't only happen in the 40th year. It's written in the Torah in Devarim, because Meshur went over it again, with the generation that entered into Israel. Why? Because the Indian of mitzvahs is Mesiris Nefesh, and the Indian of Kriyashma is Mesiris Nefesh. All right. Okay. That's basically what we saw yesterday. We got, um, I tell you what, you know what? We're going to start. Uh, Where did we get? L'chein al-yedem siva. We finished that whole, no, we didn't finish that that paragraph. Okay. So, so Kriyashma is Mesiris Nefesh. Kriyashma is Mesiris Nefesh. Right? And what? So let's just see the fourth Actually, you know what? Let's start from the second line, just because it's very, very important. We have to see it again. The first line. We're going to start from the first line on page Shin Tezayin. I'm sorry. It's going to start five lines down, but we'll start in the second line, the first line, because it's very important, and we'll get that, and we'll go through that quickly, and away we'll go. And again, of course, we saw in, in footnote 16, the Rebbe explained why the Alter Rebbe has the language the Alter Rebbe has. Well, and you can see that footnote. Who specifically Meisha is the one who taught this to the generation? Why? Nefesh, the mysterious Nefesh of Kriyashma in a bitl, bitl right? Mysterious Nefesh, you're giving over your rutzin. Bitl is bitl harutzin, right? That you, your, your, your. Your what's the word? Uh, your agenda is the Abishter's agenda. That's Bittle. Bittle is you don't have an agenda. The Abishter's agenda is your agenda. It's not whatever he wants. That's what your life is about. The Kevin Adam who and since the person is a Metzias, experiences his own existence very powerfully. Hepech Indian Bittle, which is the opposite of Indian Bittle. Lachin Bechdeisha Indian Mesiris Nefesh. Yeah, that's the Begilui. In order for this notion of Mesiris Nefesh, it should be Begilui. What does that mean, Begilui? Uba'oifen Shia Kavua Belibay Tomid Mamish. It should be set in his heart. Always. Mamish. Yemam Valaila. Day and night. 
It should not leave his memory. That requires a, a very special empowerment. And where does that empowerment come from? So the Alter Rebbe talks about that in, in Per Chafei and Tanya, which is what the Rebbe quotes in footnote 16, which we saw yesterday. Right? In Per Chafei and Tanya, the Alter Rebbe talks about that. That the, the, this, the, the Mesiris Nefesh is Dafka Shayich when a person has a, has a, has a connection to Meshu Rabbeinu. The Alter Rebbe also talks about that in the second Perak and Tanya, right away. That the, the, the connection to the Tzaddik is that which allows someone to fully express the powers of their Neshama. And what is it that Meshu gives the Yidin by virtue of teaching them Kriyashma in, in uh, and again, not teaching them Yesh Miyayin, but reminding them of the whole Indian of Kriyashma. Why did Meshu do that in Dafki in the 40th year? Nesinus Koyach Miyuchedes that they should be the reach that be able to reach a state of bitl. Ki Mesha who Indian of bitl. Mesha is the Indian of bitl Numa, which we saw in the Maimur we just finished, the difference between the bitl of Avram and the bitl of Mesha. Velochin al Yadesha Meshat Siva Ladosh and Ichnasulaaris. Therefore, by virtue of the fact that Meshat Siva, and again the footnote sixteen, you'll look at it if you haven't seen it. To accept upon themselves, the yoke of heaven, the kingship of heaven, the sovereignty of heaven, meaning, conceptually, in Aveda, which is Messiris Rodson, which is Bittl, and also Messiris Nefesh, if it comes to Messiris Nefesh. By the virtue of the fact that Mesha taught them that this, Mesha is giving them the Kayach Liz Kartamid Inyan of Messiris Nefesh Alem. To constantly remember the Inyan of Messiris Nefesh. And that's why it says this Paraduma, this is the beginning of the answer, it was the first answer, we'll see another one, that the, the, the Paraduma is, is, is called the Para of Mesha. Why Dafka the Para of Mesha? Because the performance of Torah and Mitzvahs, Mitzvah Seho, it's Mitzvahs, the Torah's Mitzvahs. The Paradumi clothes the Torah Mitzvahs, and Paradumi is the most general expression of and the prototype of all Mitzvahs, as we learned yesterday and again went over this morning. It's dependent on the Indian of Mesiris Nefesh. And again, when the Rebbe is saying Mesiris Nefesh, he's talking about Mesiris Haratzin. Right? Giving one's own rutzen up, meaning what's your agenda? Well, what's the Ebersheh want from me today? That's our agenda. Halavai, that we could live up to that. But that's what it means to be bottled. That's what Messiris Nefesh is. Messiris Nefesh means that my agenda is the Ebersheh's agenda. I don't have an agenda. The Ebersheh has an agenda. And whatever that agenda is, and as a chosset to the Rebbe, what's the Rebbe's agenda? So whatever the Rebbe's agenda is, because all the Rebbe does is reveal to us what the Ebersheh's agenda is, so so whatever the Rebbe's agenda is, that's what a chosset does. That's what he's about, that's what he's interested in, that's what he spends his time doing, that's what bothers him, that's what he talks about with his friends and questions and how to do it and what do you do. And all that. Maybe that's why no one talks to anybody anymore, because if you're just completely... No, because I was just thinking, if you're just completely into me, so who could possibly have better advice being me than me? Right? Like, I don't have to talk to anybody about being me. I'm the only one who's me, so if it's all about me, like, who am I going to talk to? 
No one knows me better than I do, so I'll just sit and you know play solitaire with myself all day and 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 contemplate me. And there's no why I talk to anybody. I mean, what can they possibly know about me better than I do? Well, that's right. when people talk at somebody, they talk at somebody else. They talk at. The person right. talks at them. Right. Arguments. No one ever wins an argument, right? right. So don't get into them because no one ever wins them. Right? So that's a, you know, the, the, the loneliness of being into me. There's no one to talk about, right? Talk with, right? Because they don't want to talk about me. They want to talk about them. But I want to talk about me. So no, I have no one to talk to. It's very depressing. Right? No, sometimes people are nice and they listen. I guess that's why I hire a psychologist. There, that's that's that. There you go. Psychologist, I want to talk about me, and the psychologist has paid good good money to let me talk about me. There we go. We figured out the whole world. There we go. Right. Whereas if you're there, you're interested in something that other people are interested in, so then you'll actually talk about it with them because, right? and you might not even mention the word I in the whole conversation. I maybe yes, maybe no. It depends on the situation. The gave us the koyach to do all this, because kimatara is shayach to the inyan of mesiras nefesh. Now, again, when the Rebbe says mesiras nefesh, talking about mesiras rotsi, and I'm saying that because yesterday I just right after Davin I mentioned quickly a sicha that it's very important sicha in tavshin memhei parshas nasei tavshin memhei, where the Rebbe talks about the fact, and and I think that's what I mentioned yesterday. I don't remember. That the 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 the, the building of the Mishkan had to be besimcha, and it couldn't be avedus parach. And the Rebbe mentions that avedus Hashem has to be besimcha. It can't be avedus parach. The Rebbe is not interested in a person scrunching up their face and looking like they're in pain when they're serving God. Right? That's not the service of the Rebbe. It's not that that's that that's that's being an evid without any any love, right? So if that's the best the person can do, okay, Beseder, but that isn't how you build a Mishkan. Right? So the Rebbe actually mentions, just in one line in, in, the, in, the, in the Sicha, the Rebbe mentions that, that which it says, the Tarin Mitzvah is Shayach to Messias Nefesh, which is what we're learning, right? The Rebbe says that's Messias Abratza. It's not Messias Nefesh that you're giving up your life and you're ripping yourself to shreds. It's not the Messias Nefesh that the Balatani is talking about when he's talking about the Messias Nefesh necessary for him. He's talking about Messias Aratzen, which is what we're talking about. That's why I keep emphasizing it, because it's very, very important to understand, because someone might understand Messias Nefesh. Oh, I have to be miserable. And the more miserable I am, then the better it is. It's a guy in our mikveh. He's a really good guy. Grew up in Flatbush, one of those, you know, good, solid Flatbush sort of guys. Right, probably his father was a chassid. He went to Torah Vadas, so he ended up not a chassid, but he likes chassidim and he still wears a gartel. You know, the whole, like, there's thousands of them. Right, really good guy. So, uh, and he makes a point of telling me how much he loves Lubavitch every time I see him in the micro, right? Because they, we, everybody loves us. Right? Some of my best friends are Lubavitchers. So, so um, he, he goes in the cold mikro. But he makes a point, I mean, I, I'm his friend, right, so I know him, so you know, whenever I'm there, he makes a point of letting me know how much he hates going in the cold. <laughs> but he, but he, I, he usually goes not, then he goes in the cold. And it's clearly just, you know. So finally, I couldn't take, this is after years, I couldn't take it. Anymore. I said, you know, Morty, I don't understand. His name is Morty. What, what, what? Do you really think that suffering 
is going to help come make you close to God, like you're suffering in the cold. Now, that has anything to do with your relationship with God? You really think that's what God wants, you to suffer in the cold water? He said, no, it's good for me. He said, it's terrible for you, because you walk out thinking you're such a holy Jew, because you suffered for God. It's pushing you so far away from God, you don't even know. And he's looking at me, he's like, whoa, I couldn't take it. Years, he's going in the cold water. Uh, uh. It's not about going in the cold water. You like cold water. I... All summer long, I go in the cold water. It's a tanug. It's so nice. It's the only time of the whole day that I'm really cool, right? The cold mikveh in the morning is also clean because everybody else likes the hot, right? But we don't do things to hurt ourselves. So this mysterious nefesh that the Rebbe is talking about here is not to make it difficult. It's mysterious arutzah. Now, that's difficult. It's hard work. But it's not a matter of being painful and difficult and sar and ah... The Rebbe is not interested in Avedis Parach. The Rebbe says it explicitly. That's why they couldn't pick up the Krashim, because they could only pick up the crush, the Krashim with Kvetchen. Uh, the Rebbe doesn't want uh, to build his Mishka. He wants ah, to build his Mishka. So that's the Messias Nefesh that I was talking about here. Talib is Chirsinian and Messias Nefesh. Now, it, it might come to. That's also true. That's happened quite a bit in Jewish history. But the Rebbe, it's in, in the Sikh, the Rebbe talks about it. The Rebbe says that that's only very unusual times. And Tamidim Kasidram is the language the Rebbe used. Tamidim Kasidram, right? The, the Korban Tamid, it's every day. That's Messir Sarotsa, not Messir Snefesh Manish, not pain. Sometimes, unfortunately, it also involves pain. Right. When the Rebbe wanted us to be happy, he inflicted pain on himself. Dr. Weiss says that the, in the office, right after uh, the Rebbe's serious heart attack on, on, on Shemini Yitzhak and then Simchas so the Rebbe got up, hooked up to all the machines, and walked around the Rebbe's table. And he laid back down in the bed they had there. And Dr. Weiss, I, Dr. Weiss was in the room. So he asked the Rebbe, why did the Rebbe do that? To do hakafas? And it was clear the Rebbe was in pain doing it. It was not easy. So the Rebbe said, no. So he asked the Rebbe, so why did the Rebbe go around the table? So uh, the Rebbe said, the Hasidim are going to find out absolutely everything that goes on in this room. Because I know my Hasidim. And when they hear that I walked around the table, they'll be besimcha. It's very important for me that my Hasidim be besimcha. That's what the Rebbe said. Now, it was painful for the Rebbe to walk around the table. But for us to be besimcha, the Rebbe was willing to do that. But that's Musafim Kilchosim. That's not Tamidim Kisidra. Tamidim Kisidra is you do what you do because it has to be done with simcha. So everyone wanted us to be besimcha. How is it that we get to this point of understanding this notion of Mesiris Harotzain? Who are you, That comes through our connection to Meishan. And the Yadis Pashtusa the Meishan the expression of Meishan every generation. Ad Until the Fidika Rebbe. Now, of course, the, you know, that's the end of it. After the Fidika Rebbe, it all ends, according to Rebbe. Ad the Kvetus Meishami Admar Nasi Dureinu, Bal Hasimcha Vagula. Now, the Rebbe just relates to his Nasius as a continuation of the Nasius of the Fritika Rebbe. V'yesh leymar, dal yedei shavei daso shal nasi dureinu. 
since the Aveda of our Nasi, Fidikarev, Bechol Meshech Shleishim Shneis Nesiyusa, through all 30 years of his being the Rebbe, being the Nasi, Haisab of Messiris Nefesh Begilui, was in a state of Messiris Nefesh Begilui. Now, what are those 30 years? So there was 10 years in Russia, so that Messiris Nefesh is obvious because the Soviets were chasing the Rebbe and put him in jail, etc. So that Messiris Nefesh is rather obvious. The next 10 years were in Poland. So what's exactly the Messiris Nefesh of Poland? So then the, 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 we'll figure that out. We'll go back to that. Then there's the Messiris Nefesh of America. What's the Messiris Nefesh of America? So the Rebbe, if you look in footnote 18. What? No, that is what if you look in if you look in, in uh, footnote eighteen, it says base nis and tefresh pay. Yudshva tefresh. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. That's not what I want. That that's just the outlining the thirty years. Um, where's where is it? I'm sorry, he doesn't bring a footnote here. I'm sorry, I apologize. But, uh, oh, no, I'm sorry, there, there it is. Right after that. So there, in that sikha, in Chelek Yudches, the Rebbe explains what the Messiris Nefesh of the Rebbe. The Messiris Nefesh in Russia is obvious. The Messiris Nefesh in Poland, that the Rebbe had to had to work very, very hard to somehow bring about Hafatza Samayonis of Chesidus Chabad in Poland to get the Pailish to learn Chassidus in a way that was, uh, you know, in an oifen of Yisparnasun, as we learned in the Lag Beimer in a way that they would understand and internalize it. And the Rebbe worked very, very, very hard at that. And there was a lot of opposition, but overcame that opposition to the best that he could. And then America, and the Rebbe describes the, the cult kite of America, the coldness and lack of any spiritual reality in America. And that was the mysterious nefesh. America is nitandrish. America is no different. The Rebbe came to America, so, I mean, you know, we, we do not relate to America, even as, as crazy as it as it you know has become. Still, America is is anything but a wasteland inside Yiddishkeit. Schools and yeshivas and shuls, and it's just amazing what's you know what there is. Right? Someone who wants to bring up their child and give them a Jewish education in America has a tremendous amount of options in terms of how to do that. What was there when the Friedrich Rebbe got there in 1940? Very, very little. That in the Frum schools in New York, non-Jewish teachers were teaching non-Jewish subjects in the afternoon. In the Frum schools. And the Rebbe Pashat fought tooth and nail to do away with that. That no, there should be, the, the, what was the line? America is Nidandrish. America is no different. I understand. You would educate. This is how they educated children in Europe. Anybody had a have them either that some that some Pole is going to come into the school in the afternoon and teach Polish history. I mean, why, why in the world? Why would anybody entertain such a thought? And yet, that's what was going on. They weren't teaching Polish history in America. That that's what was happening in American Jewish schools. So the Rebbe, the Rebbe fought tooth and nail that there should be educational tadus and 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 one Baruch Hashem. That's something that is now available to anybody in America who wants their child to grow up and go to a school and have a completely Jewish education from the moment they walk into the school till they leave. Right. Rabbi, yeah. Uh, I just want to interject. Uh, the, uh, the, supposedly, when the uh, Friedrich Rebbe came to the United States in 1927, and they, they took him around to different cities, and then they said to the word of rabbis that want to place that, and he 
they said, well, why, why don't you have yeshivas in these different cities? And they said, well, we just can't do that, you know, the money and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, you have baseball teams in all the cities you took me to. If you can have baseball teams, you can have yeshiva. Why did you remember that story? I'm just like, how, how did that story, you know? Didn't see how that story just stuck in there, no? You yeah. see, right? Right, the Frida Garbi, one of the first things they after, they opened the yeshiva, and then the Frida Garbi told them they had to open a girls' school. So they said, now, there was no one there. It wasn't like, you know, you think the lavish, there were thousands and thousands of people. The Frida Garbi, we have a neighbor who should live and be well and be healthy. He's a wonderful person. Um, he remembers his father being called. He, he grew up in Crown Heights. Not a Lubavitcher. He went with his father to the docks when the Friedrich Rebbe landed in Tavshin and Test Adar, Tavshin, 1940. The Friedrich Rebbe got out of Europe and landed in the docks in New York. And he went with his father. To, his father told him a bit sad that he's getting out of Europe and he's landing and he's coming and we're going to go. And he was 10, 11. So he's now 93, 94. So he had a store. There's still there's, there's, I don't think it's there anymore. Solomon's Insurance was on Kingston Avenue for years and years and years. Notary Public. He was a notary public also, so he could get you a little red ribbon by you. So uh, Laser Solomon. Laser, Laser uh, grew up in Crown Heights. His family moved to Borough Park when everybody but the Lubavitchers moved out of Crown Heights. Uh, but he stayed with his business. Not with his, he, he moved, but he, his business stayed in Crown Heights. And um, he remembers as a child that his father would be called to help make a minion for the Vedic Rebbe. They needed a tent for the minion. There was no one around. And then the Rebbe used to open the yeshiva. And then he wanted to open a girls' school. So the few people who were helping out, the Kramers and a couple of other people who were helping out, so they, so they, they said, there's no money. So he said, we'll go talk to the bank. So we can't go to talk to the bank. We're, we're up to here in the bank. The bank has lent us so much money we can't possibly go. So the Frida Garbi said to him, I'm not afraid of the bank manager. I'm afraid of the little girl who's going to come up to me in the street and ask me, why didn't you open a school for me? I'm afraid of her. Go to the bank. And they went to the bank and they opened the school. The rest is history, right? They opened the school. Actually, it worked out. <laughs> it all worked out. And that's the mysterious nefesh that the Rebbe is talking about here. Frida Rebbe didn't have to give up his life. He gave the mysterious nefesh in Russia was mysterious nefesh fail manish. The Rebbe is doing things that were against the law and was putting his life in danger, and had a death sentence passed against him. Rachman al-Islam. and was commuted. That's the story of Yud Beis Nidgimel Damos, which this Maimer was said on. But in Poland, it wasn't mysterious nefesh. It was mysterious arutzin. Also, American mysterious arutzin. The Rebbe was not well when he got to America. He came to America in a wheelchair. He could have gone to America and, and gone to retirement. Well, okay, I made it out of Europe. I'm alive. I made it out of Soviet Union in the 20s. I made it out of Europe in the, in the 30s. That itself is a miracle, and I can come to America and relax. Not exactly. That's not what happened. And there in that in that sicha that's mentioned there, the Rebbe talks about the the, 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 the two the three kufot. The the empowerment on remembering this notion of Mesiris Nefesh. comes from the Hispashtus of Mesh in our generation, who is 
even more revealed because we have a living example of it and our Rebbe is an expression of all that. That's one shot in the connection of Paraduma to Mesha. Paraduma is the, is the klal of, klalus of all the mitzvahs. Mitzvahs are all about Mesiris Nefesh. Mesh Rabbeinu is the, is, the, is the source of the Nesinus Kayach for our Mesiris Nefesh. Ula Haisif. Demiha Biurim, a second shot. And this is the understanding that we're going to take throughout the whole Mimer. Demiha Biurim Bezeh. Mitzvah Paraduma. He klolus kolatarov. From this understanding that the Mitzvah Paraduma is the general idea of the whole Tarov. Shalochei Nemar Ba. Zeis Chukas Therefore it says by... By Paraduma, Zeishchukas Etara, it doesn't say Zeishchukas Hapara, it says Zeishchukas Etara. Where does it say Zeishchukas relative to a particular mitzvah? No. It's called Zeishchukas. No, we said it yesterday. Zeishchukas Pesach. By Pesach, it doesn't say Zeishchukas Etara, it says Zeishchukas Pesach. That's why it's talking about Korban Pesach. I don't think of anything else. So why doesn't this say Zeus Because it's talking about the para. No, because it's not Zeus Fukas Apara. Zeus Fukas This is somehow a prototype for the whole Torah. Shemitzis Paradumi, Eklolus Kolatara, Shalochei Nemar Ba Zeus Fukas Atara, not Zeus Fukas Apara. Who? Another reason is, and now interesting enough, look in footnote 19, where A. Lukut Esichus Chelik Dalit. This particular topic that the Rebbe is about to take us into, and it's going to be the body of the, of the Mimer, this is something that is very, very, very central in the Rebbe's Torah B'chlal, and you'll find that many of the footnotes that we're going to have are footnotes to other things that the Rebbe said. Because the, the home address of the greatest discussion of what we're about to enter into, the, the, the notion of what is a chayk and what is a mishpat, etc. That is in the Rebbe's Torah, more than anywhere else. So the first footnote is, L'kut Yisichus Tavka. Ki yosoyd de kol ha-mitzves, u'shem The foundation of all mitzvahs is the Indian called chukah, a chayk. Hainu. We know there are, there are three different types of mitzvahs. There are basically two different types of mitzvahs. Right? Mitzvahs that resonate in Seichel, we call them mishpatim, and mitzvahs that don't resonate in Seichel, we call them chukim. Okay, so what's the difference between a chuk and a mishpat? Isn't every mitzvah ultimately the rotson of a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Yes, every mitzvah is the rotson of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. Absolutely. So then every mitzvah is essentially a chayk, because ratzon is l'may l'mina seichel, ratzon is beyond intellect. That's just the nature of chokhmah, right? Chokhmah is keser, if you want it in one spherology, which is beyond chokhmah, but ratzon is beyond seichel. So every mitzvah is an expression of the Ebershah's ratzon. So every mitzvah has a certain aspect of chayk. But there are certain mitzvahs that are also called mishpatim because there's a lot of seichel there. So how does that work? Rebbe's going to explain that at great length to us in an incredibly clear and sophisticated way. Mitzvahs 
Mitzvahs are supernal will that's beyond intellect. So therefore, b'chalalus, you could call every mitzvah a chayk. But the Torah says, Elu mishpatim. The Torah also has this thing called a mishpat. It's not that, it's not that we made it up. It's not even that it's Torah Shabal where it still is Torah, right? But it, it, it's Torah Shabal Peh. Elu mishpatim. Shatosim lifnechem. Also, the performance of the mitzvah has to be in an oifen of Kabbalah soul. A choik, I have. Now, the word chakak means to engrave. Right? I've established this choik and the decree I've decreed. And why do we do what the Abishter asks us to do? Because the Abishter asks us to do it. Right? I might it resonate in my seichel. So here at this point, if you were to stop right here, the way you would explain things, we're, going to, we're ultimately going to come to a much deeper explanation than this, but simply how you would explain things is that even if there's some resonance of this mitzvah in seichel so I can somehow understand it so the idea of don't murder don't steal so I mean I can explain that rationally why that's a reasonable thing not to do the reason we don't do it is because the Abish said don't do it even though and the mitzvah itself makes sense right so there's that aspect of it but if we look at it only from that aspect of it and there is that aspect of it so then the notion of it being a chayk is only coming from me, the gavra, the one doing the mitzvah. The mitzvah itself is a mishpah. The mitzvah itself makes sense, so to speak. But I'm looking at it as if I'm doing it only mitzad the fact that I was told to do it, not because it makes sense. I'm not not murdering because the because it makes sense not to murder. I'm not murdering because the Abish just said don't murder. And that, of course, there's a difference between those two because, of course, there are situations where I might, through my own human intellect, come to the to come to the understanding that it's reasonable to murder. I'll rationalize murder. Well, that's why there's murder out there, right? There are people who do that. Okay. Whereas, if the Abraham said, "Don't murder," then at the end of end of topic, don't murder. That's the end of that. It's not up to me. Right? So, I just. Don't take it. Life and death is not my decision. Right? So if someone looks near death and there doesn't seem to be a lot of hope, but they're still alive, I don't have the right to give them a drug and kill them. Canadian medicine. Right? That's not my right. That's God. God's in charge. Once I stop putting God in the equation, so then... Right? In the year 2021, I'm still looking up the statistics for 2022. Hard to find. I guess they must be really bad. Because 2021 was a 35% increase from 2020. 3.5% of all deaths in Canada were medically aided. 3.5%. One out of 30 people in Canada is put to death by a doctor. There's a lady, too, like in Ottawa. Well, you know, the bills are a lot less than in most places, but uh, that's part of the reason they want to kill people. Right? 
socialized medicine saves money to the system. But that that's a, that, that we're not we're the, 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 relative to our mimer. What's that about? That's about understanding that the reason I don't kill is because the Abishter said not to, not because I understand why it's reasonable not to. It is reasonable not to. You can't have a society where people are offing each other. I mean, that's ridiculous. You can't live that way. You have to walk down the street and go get your milk, and you have to worry about the fact that someone might kill you on the way. Okay, Seder, that's not a way to live. So obviously you can't live that way. I get it. That's not why we don't murder. We don't murder because life and death is in God's hands, not ours. Okay. Shmona v'chetzi, shmona shloshim v'chamesh, anachnu b'chutz. Seder? Yeah? Okay. Okay. But, uh, you know, if he paints, it'll help your davening a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Okay? So, at this point, the Rebbe is talking about it in terms of the gavra. The person should look at the mitzvah as if it's a chayt. Even if it's not. Based on this, we can understand on an even deeper level. Now, this footnote 21, better to learn Ois Gimel and then come back to the footnote. We'll understand it better. See, it's a serious, it's a mimer unto itself, the footnote. So we'll, we'll remind me later, we'll come back to footnote 21. Alpizeh. That that which Paraduma is called the power of Mesha, we said above the reason it's called the power of Mesha because Paraduma is the close to call the mitzvahs and mitzvahs require Messiris Nefesh and Messiris Nefesh is Bittal and Mesha is the source of that Bittal is in the Sinus Karyach of that Bittal as we said up until now. Now we're giving a different reason. In order that the performance of all of the mitzvahs, hagam sheyesh aleim tam, even those that have a tam, that have a reason, yeah, but even the zois chukas that this is a chuka of the Torah, a statute, who al yadeisha Torah mitzvah seah. That's because the Torah and its mitzvahs gam even after it has been clothed in chokma and seichel, meaning the source of the mitzvahs, the rutzen of the Abishter, but there are certain mitzvahs that descend down into chokma and are clothed in chokma and therefore can be understood b'seichel, that's called a mishpat. And we're going to see there's different levels of that because ultimately this mitzvah, every mitzvah we're going to see ultimately descends into the realm of chokhmah, but it might only be chokhmah dotsilus. That's paraduma. And other mitzvahs might descend down into levels of chokhmah, chokhmah brio, chokhmah v'yetzira. The mitzvahs that descend down into the level called chokhmah, dasiya, chokhmah, that human intellect down here in Eilam Hazar can understand those are called mishpatim. But every mitzvah has some expression of chokhmah. We're going to see. Still, all the mitzvahs are called Meshin. Yanahu Bittel, because Mesh is Bittel. Teres Mesha Avdi. Now, this isn't the Bittel of Messiah's name, this is Bittel Bechlau. This is the Bittel Mitzad, the Choik of it. Not the Messiah's name of it. 
the chayk of it. Who gives us the ability to relate to every mitzvah as a chayk and to do it simply because the Ebishter said to do it? Mesha. Why? Because Mesha Abdi. Mesha is the union of Kabbalah's soul, of Bittu. Why do we do what we do? The Ebishter said so. And by virtue of this, there's an Asinus Kayach to every single Jew that comes through the Mesha that's in that Jew. Tanya Reish Perakman Beis, Tanya, right? That idea, the idea of every single Jew having a piece of Mesha. I've got a little bit of Moses in me. What's that? The Taka, the Mesha Benu is the Neshama Klolis, is the Yechida Klolis is the general state of Yechida, and every Jew has a little piece of Meshur Benu's neshama in him. That's called his Yechida Pratis. So your Yechida is Meshur's Yechida, and that's the point in your neshama that's completely and totally connected to the Abish, and that's why is able to give you this Koyach to serve the Abish so powerfully. By virtue of the fact that Mesha is Mesha, then every there's an Asinus Kayach, Lakol Echad Misrael. And of course, the way to ex- express that is through connection to the Mesha and the generation. Then his performance of mitzvahs will be Babitl Kabbalah's soul. Why is he doing what he's doing? Does he have deep understanding? Unbelievably deep understanding. He learns chassidus. He understands it. He chazers it. He thinks about it. He writes it down. He writes himself synopses of maimarim that he learns or remember them. Imamish understands chassidus very well, very clearly. There's many, many, many chassidic ideas that he feels very at home with. Hundred percent. Why is he? Why is he? We saw it in the other one. We saw it in the, the maimar we, we just finished. I don't know before that in Galay night. Right, when the when the, the Semak said it talks about tefillah and there's forty some odd chapters on all of the panemius of tefillah. What does he say? That the person she followed that he should daven that he should have the das of a tinoik. Why does the tino what does the tinoik understand? What does the child understand? There's an Abrister and and he's in charge and I'm davening to him to ask for what I need. Because it's his world and he's in charge and everything comes from him. That simplicity. I, the person can tell you what this chapter in, in Psukit Zimra is explaining and what level of elokus is expressed in this chapter and what level of elokus Okay, that's all true. But ultimately, what the Rabbi teaches in Galei Nai, that it's all about bringing that down to the simplest level. So too here, what, what's the Rabbi saying? An amazing thing. That the, the, the bottom line, when a person does a mitzvah, why does he do it? Because the Abishter said so. Ah, he understands all of the deep hamshachas. He, he learns the kavana of the. <laughs> this came up the other day, and we surprised so many people. The kavana that's in the sitter before we put on tefillin, it's mishabed the leib, mishabed ben mayach, and it's a beautiful thing, hundred percent. And 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 that's an important uh, meditation to say before we put on tefillin, hundred percent. Why are you putting on tefillin? Because God said so. If it wasn't mishabed my leib and my mayach, would I put on tefillin? Yeah. <laughs> Because God said, put on tefillin. I don't know. <laughs> so that's Kabbalah's all. And that's an ex- that's the deepest expression of every mitzvah. Even though there are there are very, very, very sophisticated expressions of the mitzvah. But the most basic expression of every mitzvah is Kabbalah's all. The Abish just said so, so we do it. Right? 
I understand it. I don't understand it. Doesn't mean I shouldn't understand it. But I might not yet. I didn't get around to that. There's a lot of mitzvahs. I didn't get there. Shekima mitzvah shlaiyeh babitl b'kabbalah zol kekiyah mitzvah paraduma and Meisha is the one who's, who's the Nesinus Kayach for that so that's why it's called Al Shem Meisha Meisha is the one that gives us the Nesinus Kayach for the Aved of Kabbalah's all why? because Meisha is Meisha Avdi and that's different than the first shot. first shot was that it's all Mesiris Nefesh and Meisha is the one who gives us the Kayach for Mesiris Nefesh and we use the word Bittal in both it's a different different expression of Bittal the pitl of Messiris Nefesh is Messiris Aratza. And the pitl here is Kabbalah's all. Whatever the Ebishter wants, you'll do. That's a chayk. And every mitzvah is a chayk. Aye, but there's also a mishpat. Okay, let's see. The Rebbe's going to explain that to us. Now, again, in order to... Um, I don't know. We'll see if we're going to do footnote 21 Bakhlal anyway. Footnote 21 is all about explaining. If the whole mimer is based on what we just said now. And the Rebbe is going to clearly, clearly understand that is the Iker reason. So footnote 21, the Rebbe wants to understand, so why, why do I bring the first reason, Bukhlaw? There must be an advantage to that too. So that's footnote 21. I don't know, we'll, we'll go there, we'll go there, we'll see. <coughs> mm-hmm. I kind of answered my question a little bit, but my question basically was like, how are the Mitzvahs different from the Mitzvahs? Like, how do you compare Mitzvahs Nevis to Mitzvahs Nevis? Like, aside from the picture which comes from either of those, like, is one of the um, there's an advantage to Messias Nefesh, there's no question. You know where you can see this explained very nicely? You can see, see it explained very nicely in Dafka uh, this week's Haftarah, Rani Vasimchi. So there's a famous mimer in Malukat Dalit, Nameli, called Rani Vasimchi, short little mimer. Rani Vasimchi. And the Rebbe explains the advantage of Bas. What's Bas? My daughter, my sister, my mother. My daughter is Kabbalah Zol. She's just a, she's a Kabbalah. She has nothing inside herself. Achoisi is Limitatara. I become, so to speak, just last mimer. The apes are saying what I'm saying. I'm saying what he's saying. We're kabusas. Imi is mysterious nefesh. That so to speak, we crown the Abishta. That we're mashpia. That's what I'll say, right? It's like we're mashpia to the Abishta. Kaviyachol. Okay, and that's mysterious nefesh. And the Rebbe explains, so why does it say, Roni Vasimki Basia? Bas? Bas is the lowest level. Now, what's the advantage of Bas? And then the Rebbe explains, what's the advantage of Bas? What's the advantage of this people? There's no me there. In Messiris Nefesh, it's still me. I've reached the level. It's an impressive me. I've reached the level where I'm Mesa Nefesh. Akhoisi, certainly there's me. I'm the one who loves it. Not me in a bad way, but there's still a me there. Where's their complete and total people? I'm doing things that mitzad that bittel and kabbalah soul. Rabbi says this, and it's very, it's a very powerful line. The mitzvah itself has absolutely the action that I'm doing. Let's take the word mitzvah. The action that I'm doing has absolutely no significance whatsoever. The only reason it has significance is the Ebrish told me to. 
Putting on tefillin has no significance whatsoever. Except it's a mitzvah. So now it has beyond infinite significance. But wrapping black boxes and leather straps isn't in and of itself an act of any relevance. Just happens to be that the Abish said, do that, so we do it, and it connects us to Atzimus. Shaking a green stick and a lemon, well, if you were to do it today, it would have absolutely no significance. All it would be was bitl tar. Yeah. Aye, but if you do it on the 17th of Tishrei, it's a connection to the Abish. So is it an important thing to do or not? If it's such an important thing to do, why don't I do it in the middle of Sivan also? Because it's not an important thing to do. <laughs> it's only an important thing to do when it's a mitzvah. Mm. Oh, learning Torah, interestingly enough, you wouldn't say that about learning Torah. If learning Torah wouldn't, weren't a mitzvah, would I learn it? Yeah. I mean, of course, because it's interesting and it, it, it helps me grow and it, it enlightens me. And right? As a matter of fact, half of the Jewish people don't have a mitzvah to learn Torah, but they learn it anyway. Why? Oh, how can you do what God wants if you don't learn Torah? I mean, you, you have to learn Torah. So you and I also have that aspect of learning, the utilitarian aspect of learning Torah. I can't love God if I don't learn to see this. Right? I've been teaching this in this yeshiva for how long? 25 years? How long have we been open? Right? The only people who get it are the people who come to see this every day. End of equation. And every single teacher will say exactly the same thing. The people who don't come to Chassidus every day don't get it. Oh, I learned Chassidus on myself. He's been around long enough. He sees, you know, who goes through him. Right? That's just the way it is. They might know a lot. They don't get it. So I have to learn Chassidus. And I have to learn Chassidus in a certain way. And I can't possibly imagine davening shock without learning Chassidus first. There's no such thing. Ah, there'll be days where, you know, what are you going to do? So, okay, you'll hop it on, you'll learn five minutes, just cabal this old, so I learned some chassidus, it's useless. But okay, but I, I'm not going to say, oh, you do if I didn't learn some chassidus. But, the, you know, a normal day, there's no such thing as that. Can I walk up to the Abish there and start talking to him if I haven't thought about him? All I thought about was brushing my teeth. Can I talk to him? Hi, God. Yeah, what do you want? Um, I have a nice minty flavor in my mouth. It's nice. My crest mint. It's good. Oh, good. I'm glad. He pats us on. So this thing is, you know. So there are days when when it doesn't work out. I mean, you're you're flying. You it's it's you woke up late and you have a meeting. Okay, so Beseder. So open up a safer. Learn learn a paragraph. It's a waste of time, but at least. The Kabbalah soul, I don't daven without learning sins before. There's no such thing. Those people are different. They're just different. They get it. And what do you hear from the people who don't come to Chassidus every day? Well, I learn on my own. And half of them ask to go up to another class. Someone, I remember once someone never came to this, asked me, can you change classes in Chassidus? I said, yeah, what, you want to go to Rabbi Silber? Be, no, no, I want to go to Rabbi Kaufman. I said, I understand. You, you wouldn't know the name of the mimer we're learning. How could you possibly, like, what, you know, what, was, like, what exactly was he thinking? 
Right? So he said to me, I learned a lot of chassidus on my own. What am I going to say? I remember that. Right? What am I going to say? What am I supposed to say? Because I feel bad, honestly, as a, you know, personally, it's, it puts me in a very uncomfortable situation. No, you have to listen to me in the morning. Well, that's and no, they don't have to listen to me in the morning. I have to learn to sit this in the morning. It happens to be that I'm the guy in the middle, right? in between those two levels. Right? So, so it's an uncomfortable situation, though. You have to be in my class, but it is true. You have to go through what's done in this class before you're ready for that class. Okay, so well, fine. So how do you do that? You just do it. And I'm, I'm preaching to the converted, right? Because what happened yesterday, yesterday, I'm just telling the people who are listening here, yesterday was an amazing day. It was the day when our perfect record of, of, uh, of, of uh, attendance for a significant portion of our class was broken because two guys who make it to see this every single morning, along with some other people, they every single morning, they, they, missed, they missed the day. So you see that? Then I woke up, and I was looking over at my alarm, I went off, and I saw it, I thought it's at 8.30. Oh, and you went, oh, no! Snake, and I literally, I didn't wake up, but I went, lazy, lazy! Oh, oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Alright, you know, it completely messed up the, uh, you know, they have this Anun chick thing, that we have this, I don't know, app, whatever, that, that we do attendance on. Yeah. So it completely messed it up because there was all these, you know, 19 out of 19s, and now there's only one, and then there was one, and he's leaving next week, so that's the end of that. <laughs> there's only one, and then there was one. Okay, now let's go a little further, and then we'll stop because uh, if we have to go Davin base, uh, we're going to get painted on if we don't uh, leave this room. It's sort of slight hints happening here. I'm just, I'm getting, I'm getting the hint. You don't have to be overly sensitive to pick, you know, pick up the vibes, man. I'm getting the vibes. That, uh... Say there. Okay. So now the Rabbi, I just want you to see where we're going. To you I'm revealing the time of Pada, to everybody else it's a chayk. Okay, so we're going to stop here, I'll just tell you where we're going. The Rebbe's not going to ask a very, very powerful question, and this should get you up tomorrow morning. We just said that the Nasinus Kaya for every single Jew to do the Chayk comes from Mesha. From Mesha, it's not a Chayk. Mesha understands it, so how can we possibly get them to see this Kaya from someone for whom it's a completely different animal? From Mesha, it's not what it is for us. So how can the Nasinus Kaya for the Chayk come from someone for whom it's not a Chayk? The Abishta revealed it to him. Pretty powerful question, right? Meisha can tell, take me to the place where I'm where I appreciate that it's not a chayk. No, but that's not what it says. That's not that. The whole idea is that the performance of every mitzvah is bebechinus chayk. And where do we get that kayak from? The person for whom there's no such thing as a chayk. 
It looks that way. Now, obviously, there must be. So what does that mean? How does that work? Okay. Now, the, the, ex, the, 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 the superficial shot is, you'll say, you look at it as if it is. Which is what we said already, right? Mitzad the God. I, even though I know the reason not to murder, I don't murder because it's a chay. As if it's a chay. So that's what Meish is giving me? Because by, by Meish, Paraduma is that. Paraduma and murder are the same by Meish. <laughs> In terms of the intellect, I guess. Okay, so if it's that, I get it, but that. We'll see. Maybe we'll take us there. Okay.